welcome. In this episode, we're going to be talking about pre-sale pages. Welcome to Health Business Mastery, the Creative Thirst Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Hewitt. Pre-sale pages have been used in marketing for much longer than you may think. The concept goes back to the days of print advertising. Back then, they were called advertorials, and they go by many different names. An advertorial is basically an advertisement or sales letter disguised as an article. The name comes from combining advertisement and editorial content. Essentially, it was a clever way for the magazine or newspaper to have a much bigger ad size to sell. Now the advertiser could pay for a large block, like an entire page, versus a little 2 inch by 2 inch area. But an online advertorial page is more impactful than the old days of print. In print, you had to make your offer right there on the advertorial page. But in the age of internet marketing, it's best to actually move the offer downstream when using a pre-sale page. A pre-sale page comes before the sales page. It frames the next step for the reader, but the next step may not be the sale. In many cases, a pre-sale page piques the reader's curiosity just enough to get them to click to the next page. This is essentially the goal of an online pre-sale page, which is why some marketers will refer to it as a bridge page, since the pre-sale page literally acts as a bridge to the next step. The call to action on pre-sale pages typically is to go get the rest of the story. Now, conventional thinking would say that this is the wrong approach, since you're adding an unnecessary step and a click. Think about it. You're driving traffic to this pre-sale page where you're going to lose some of that traffic. But according to neuro-linguistic programming, it actually works because of framing. The framing technique has been used as a type of emotional amplifier. Framing works by building links in your limbic system between the amygdala and the hippocampus parts of your brain. These are literally bridges in your mind. But do pre-sale pages actually convert more sales? Well, the pre-sale page sets up your visitor's frame of mind or their mental state for the next desired action that you want them to take. The next desired action in the case of a pre-sale page, is not a purchase, like we talked about. It's actually a click. The whole goal of the pre-sale page, you see, is to put the visitor in a state where their desires and emotions are amplified to get them to consume the next piece of content, which is typically the sales letter. At the same time, it creates a micro-commitment with that click, the click to the next page. This creates some momentum, which propels the prospect forward and gets them to read the sales page as the second step easier than if they landed on a giant long form sales page. But don't take my word for it. 
the legendary copywriter Gary Halbert, one of the truly great direct response copywriters, has this to say about pre-sale pages. This comes from chapter 18 of the Boron Letters book. Gary says, As much as possible, have an editorial hook and also look like an exciting piece of editorial material. It should have a look of exciting news flash. The moral is you can do a better selling job when at first it does not appear you are attempting to do a sales job. End quote. So you see what Gary Halbert was getting at there was that by using pre-sale pages, advertorials, bridge pages, call them whatever you like, the visitor's guard is not up. They are consuming this pre-sale page content and it's in piquing their interest It's pulling on their emotions, and the ask at the end of it is typically the click to the next step, which is a much smaller ask, a much smaller commitment. So as Gary Halbert says, you can do a better job of selling when it doesn't appear like you are selling in the first place, which leaves pre-sale pages as a great opportunity to A-B test. Because they're at the top of the funnel, you're driving traffic directly to it, so it's getting most of the visits. And the goal is the click, so the conversion rate on that click is going to be much higher than the conversion rate on a sale. Therefore, you're going to be able to get to statistical significance a lot faster. Although you should keep a close eye on the overall revenue of any funnel path, In the case of a pre-sale page, getting your visitors to the next step is actually the primary goal, and you should design your split tests for that. Let's take another lesson from direct response copywriters and ask, what is the job of the headline? You might think the job of the headline is to get you to buy the product, or you might think that the headline's job is to get you to read. But again, the legendary copywriters don't think this way. In actuality, the greats like Gary Halbert, Claude Hopkins, Eugene Swartz, they think about the headline as having only one job, to get the reader to read the first sentence. And what's the job of the first sentence? To get you to read the second sentence. And on and on and on. So the job of the pre-sale page, then, is to get you to the next page. This is how you should set up your A-B testing strategy for testing pre-sale pages. One reason is that the pre-sale page is getting the lion's share of the traffic, since it's at the very top of the funnel. And since it's getting the most traffic, you'll be able to get a result much faster. Depending on the amount of traffic, you might even be able to have more than one treatment at the same time in your test. So in short, you can test faster if your pre-sale page test goal is getting visitors to the next step versus a sale, which is further downstream. When done right, the pre-sale page acts as an emotional amplifier for the next step in the buyer's journey. By warming up your visitors first with educational content that piques curiosity, adds momentum, and prepares cold traffic to buy by setting the frame of the problem 
and positioning your product as the solution, you'll maximize sales. So how does a pre-sale page actually do that? Well, the first thing that a pre-sale page should do to accomplish that is essentially flip the switch. Now, what I mean by that is imagine there's a switch in the mind of the prospect. And on one end of the switch, there's emotion. The other end of the switch, there's logic. The prospect can only be in one uh, frame of mind at a time. So meaning they can either, the switch can either be on the emotion side, in which case the logic is shut off, the emotion is on, or it could be on the logic side. In that case, the emotion is shut off and the, and the logic part of the brain is on. The brain actually kind of works this way. It can only do one of those two things at a time. If you're in a highly emotional state, you're not thinking logically. And if you are thinking logically, you typically have a low uh, level of emotion involved in your logical decision. So you want to write uh, and craft a hook and a story on the pre-sale page that is going to stir up the emotion in the reader. You want to shut off that logic. You want to flip the switch toward that emotional state because the emotional state is when people are more susceptible and open to ideas. And that's what your pre-sale page is accomplishing. You're basically getting them more open and and acceptable to your sales page, which is the next step in the funnel. You also want your pre-sale page to set the frame. This is the answer to what is the one thing that your prospect needs to believe in order to buy. If you can set the frame of answering that question, that one thing that they need to believe, then, then they are more open and susceptible to the sales message, which again is the next step in the funnel i.e. the sales page. The third thing your pre-sale page needs to do is at the end of it, you need to tie it back to the offer. Now, at this point, the offer is not presented yet. And when they get to the sales page, it's either going to be a long-form sales page or a video sales page. And in both of those cases, the offer itself is going to be way down the page. There's another way to do this, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But let's assume you're sending it to a direct response sales page like that, where the offer is still hidden. So at the end of your pre-sale page, you want to do one of three things. So the first thing you want to do, or one of those three things you can do, is you want to introduce the guru. So this is the usually in the case of a supplement, this is this is typically the doctor or um, the the thing, the person that sort of made the light bulb go on and uh, was the catalyst for creating the product. So that sets it up so that when you introduce that guru on that sales page, the transition is a little smoother. The second thing that a pre-sale page can do that that tying back into the content of the offer, the second approach you can take besides introducing the guru is to introduce the unique mechanism of the solution. In this case, 
you're tying into the product, but you're not revealing that there is a product yet. You're simply taking the unique mechanism of the product, and we've spoken about the unique mechanism in other podcasts before, and you're presenting it and framing it as the solution to the problem. Again, you're sort of priming the brain to get them in uh, acceptance mode when they get to the sales page. And the third way, which I alluded to earlier, is you could just flat out introduce the solution or the product. So this is a more upfront type of sales letter. Uh, and the next step in this, if this is the type of approach you're taking with your pre-sale page, then the next step on that sales page is typically not a uh, direct response strategy where you're hiding the product. If you have introduced the product and has the solution on your pre-sale page, then there's no reason to sort of uh, belabor it on a long-form sales page. You can still have a long-form sales page, but the strategy of that long-form sales page changes. The strategy becomes more uh, of a product up front. And I've spoke about this again in other podcasts where the offer is more upfront. Um, and this is certainly more compliant on places like Facebook. It's typically a an offer-driven approach, though. So what you typically see is a, a huge discount, a 50% off discount, um, really just to attract more buyers into the front end, hoping to convert them on the back end. So those are three ways to end your pre-sale page, to connect it to the next step, the sales page in your funnel. Those are ways to flip the switch using emotion to get get the emotion sort of stirred up as the goal of that pre-sale page. And these are also things that are make great A-B tests. You can test all three of these different strategies uh, on the pre-sale page as well as different hooks on the pre-sale page. So if you think about it like that, you're just kind of searching the marketplace, testing the marketplace to see what hook is going to resonate with them. The place to do that is your pre-sale or advertorial page. So that's it for today about pre-sale pages and advertorials. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and got a lot of value out of it. Uh, If so, please leave a, a, a review and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Creative Thirst is a direct response digital agency focusing on conversion rate optimization and A-B testing. We work with dietary supplement companies who are struggling to maximize the profitability of their funnels so they can scale. Through the last seven years in the online health space, we've optimized many dietary supplement businesses. And in that time, we've uncovered the three critical funnels for success. We put together that information in a free digital download called The Three Funnels Every Health Supplement Business Needs to Build a Multi-Million Dollar Empire. You can get that free report by going to creativethirst.com. Scroll down to the appropriate section and click on the blue Get Your Ebook button.